There are those little moments in life where you get some news and you need to try and uh, communicate it to someone close to you. Sometimes it's good news and sometimes uh, it's not so good news. I remember when I had paid for a holiday that Megan and I had booked and uh, the property owner and I were having an email conversation about uh, why the money had not yet appeared in their account. And uh, I emailed them back and said, no, no, I've definitely sent you the, the money. And uh, they said, well, it's still not there. And, you know, usually this sort of thing, faster payments, usually two hours, fine. Twelve days later, I'm like, no, I have definitely paid you. And I gave them a screenshot of uh, the transaction to show them that I'd paid. And they said, you, you're right, you have paid. It's just you got the sort code wrong. And um, breaking the news to Meg, that uh, who's self-employed, uh, so, you know, uh, the self-employed money pays for the holiday stuff, that uh, this money had gone to a random account, not in Wales, but in Portsmouth. Um, yeah, if you ever meet the guy, let me know. Because <laughs> uh, it was one of those, it was 12 days, the bank couldn't help, never mind, anyway. Uh, that's bad news, and, and that sense of, you know, how on earth am I going to find the words to share this with Meg? Um, there are other times, though, when the news is better. Um, well, sort of better. Um, when Meg and I met, um, we'd, you know, we'd both come from uh, family. She's now looking at me going, what are you going to say? <laughs> I love these moments. Um, it's all good. Um, we both come from families of four, so you know you have those little kind of things when you meet, and you're like, oh yeah, well, four children be fine, but we'll wait until we're you know much older because we met when we were 18. Wait and wait, and 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 then we kind of we we got married, and uh, the kids arrived relatively relatively quickly, but uh, at the sight of one. Um, apparently, what, you know, giving birth is quite tricky. So, um, at the sight of one, it was like, no, no, that is enough. Um, but we thought we better kind of grow a friend, so we grew a friend, and it was like, no, two is definitely, that is it. We talked about four, but no more. Um, and then I went on one of these kind of conference, new wine conference things, and one of the afternoon seminars was about... Uh, about the dreams that God has given you. And, uh, and the guy said, right, he said, he had given us, he had given everyone bits of paper. He said, uh, right now, don't even think about it, just write down the dream that God has given you. And I was like, four kids. <laughs> um, I did hang on to it for about three months before I broached it with Meg about, Maybe, maybe, maybe some more. Um, anyway, um, I take my, if I was wearing a hat, I take my hat off to you in honor and great respect. <laughs> sometimes the news that you need to share is good news. Sometimes it's tough news. Um, and today is all about the news that's getting shared. So as we uh, look at 
Joseph, trying to get his head round, what on earth am I supposed to do with Mary, who now uh, appears to be pregnant, and she's saying that there wasn't a fella involved. How on earth am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do with that? And Mary, about how on earth she is going to communicate that to Joseph. I want to take us back a little bit further into the story and just look at the wider picture because I don't know about you but when it comes to the Christmas story um, you know I, I've done a few of these now uh, anyone been to a Christmas you know been through Christmas before I mean you kind of know the story yeah Mary Virgin Holy Spirit baby manger shepherds wise men but they're two, two years later but we don't wait two years Hey, there's an idea. Um, And we know the story. So this is kind of like, you know, mining for gold. I hope, I hope whether it's this talk or or for someone else over Christmas or, or in your own reading, that you keep on mining. That you keep on looking for new treasures, new revelation about who God is and the wonder of what he's done with his people. It would be great if you heard some of that this morning, but I pray that you'll go hunting. That you'll go looking for what God is saying to us each and every time we read his word. So I want to backtrack a little bit, not to Matthew's Gospel, but to Luke's Gospel. Um, and uh, just go through some of the other characters because I think, for me, what I've spotted is a little bit of a similarity in some of the stories. So uh, let's go back as far as um, Zechariah. So Zechariah is uh, a priest in the temple and he's married to Elizabeth and they're getting on a bit. Um, I don't want to put a number on it, but, you know, they're getting on a bit and, you know, clearly the biological talk, clock has already ticked and babies have not arrived and uh, this is clearly part of their prayer. They're still praying. He's certainly still praying that he'd be a dad. And it's his turn to serve in the temple. And he goes right in to the presence of God. And in that place, right at the start of Luke's Gospel, he has an encounter with an angel. And understandably, he's gripped with fear. But the angel says, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son. And you're to call him John. He'll be a joy and a delight. And it then goes on to talk about the 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 mission of John the Baptist, how he's going to bring people back to God. But verse 18 of Luke chapter 1, Zechariah has this great question. Have you seen how old my wife is? Do you know what you are talking about? How is this going to happen? Which is a strange thing, because he's still praying that he'd be a dad. He's still asking the Lord to fulfill this prayer, yet when an angel shows up in front of him and says, it's going to happen, he goes, 
Uh, are you sure? Seems a strange response. But you know, this is the bit where the news comes in. Because I was thinking about this morning, and I was thinking, this is not like Mary becoming pregnant and the Holy Spirit overshadowing her. Zach has got to go home and break the news to his wife. Hey, honey. (laughs) I've got an idea about how to spend this evening. What do you think? Seriously, darling? Um, there's a whole, there's a whole load of things going on in your heads now. Uh, (laughs) But it gets worse because what happened when Zechariah is in the temple, because he's doubted God, the angel, and I'm not sure about, you know, the justice and the fairness of this, then says, because, because you've distrusted the message, you are going to be struck dumb. And so he comes out of the temple, he comes out of ministering to the presence of God, and he's like... I mean, how do you communicate that you've been in the temple and there's been this massive, and they are massive, angel who's appeared to you and has just told you that you're going to be a dad? I mean, get the iPad out, little sketch, chalkboard... Um, you know, I, I don't know how that whole worked. You know, scroll. I mean, what what was the thing? Somehow he communicated to them, angel. <laughs> you know, this has suddenly became become a game of holy charades. And then I thought, but what happens when he goes home? <laughs> how does he communicate this to Elizabeth? Um, Elizabeth, I'd like to draw your picture. <laughs> Here's you, fat with child, and we need to do the bit before. (laughs) Are you getting it, Elizabeth? So what I've picked up from this passage is, is here's the thing that God has said through the angel. Zechariah chooses to trust what God has said, but he's got to go and do something about it, if you get what I mean. Um, I mean, we aren't allowed to talk about that stuff at All Saints, aren't we? I'm just checking. Is, I mean, is sex on the radar or not? Because I think the implication is if Elizabeth gets pregnant, something must have happened in the gap. You know? Um, and they're quite old, so they probably had to work up to it for a bit. I don't know. Oh, wow. My word, you are awake. What fun. Okay, they're feisty, aren't they? I mean... (laughs) God, this is going to be good. Um, Anyway, she does get pregnant. You know, the little chalkboard thing obviously worked. She got the idea. And, you know, after a little bottle of rosé or something and a, you know, nice cooked dinner, it was like, it's that time again, darling. It's Friday. Come on. Um, and, and, and little John arrives, well, a little bit later. There's another story in here as well, though, and it's the story of Mary. And, you know, we know the story, and the, the angel shows up, and, and Mary's much more kind of, yeah, great, fantastic. 
Um, I mean, that, well, that's the last bit. You know, okay, I am your servant. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit that happens before that. But what I was really interested in is what happens next. So this is Luke chapter 1, verse 39. They, they, you know, they've had all the angel encounter, and Mary's gone, yeah, okay, fantastic. <laughs> Whatever you say, Lord. Um, verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. And I was like, why has she hurried? What, what's the rush? She's got nine months. Just hang tight. What's the rush? And I was thinking, you know the nativity plays that we do, right? What happens is over here, Mary meets the angel, okay, and goes, oh, yes, okay, fine, after all the not be afraid bit. And then she walks over here and goes, uh, Joseph, I'm going to have a baby. And Joseph goes, oh, I don't think so, goes to sleep, wakes up, having had the dream, and goes, okay, fine. Let's get married. And I'm like, what happened in the gap? What happened in the gap was the hurry. You see, Mary and Joseph are engaged. It's not like engagement as we have it now. This would potentially have been like a year long. And it's as if they are already married. It's a really serious business. If uh, if you were with someone else during that time, it was adultery. If your husband during the engagement died, you were considered a widow. This is, I mean, they're, they're basically married, but without the stuff. That's the bit that we talked about before. Yes, yeah, some of you are catching up. I don't want to have to say the word twice in one talk, but those things happen. Um, so there they are, and and they're engaged, Mary becomes pregnant with the Holy Spirit and is like, oh, how do I tell Joseph? I've got a plan. Run away. And I think that's what she does. And I think there's a couple of reasons for her running away. The first one is that the angel has said something to her really interesting. You will know that this is going to happen because your uh, cousin, Elizabeth, is pregnant. Six months pregnant. Now, it's like, this is news? Why is this, why is this news to Mary? Why didn't they know? Has, it, has there not been a Facebook update or something? You know, had there not been a card out? Look, we're delighted to announce that uh, Elizabeth is pregnant and the whole world. No, I mean, news doesn't travel very fast. So although they're in the same kind of region, she doesn't know. The angel has said this thing, and the angel has said, you're going to become pregnant, and your cousin Elizabeth is already pregnant. So I think Mary's like, before I tell Joseph, I've got to go and check out the other thing that the angel said, because if that thing that the angel has said is true, then this thing is definitely going to be true, even though I can't feel it yet. Mary, in hearing what God has said to her and trusting him, has to take a step. It's a step away from Joseph to go and find Elizabeth and see if what God said 
is true. A step into trusting him. And what about Elizabeth? Well, I I love the fact that the encounter happens so quickly. It goes like this. When she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child that you bear. But why am I so favoured? The mother of my Lord should come to me. What on earth has Mary said? Do you know, I don't think she said very much. I don't think she's got as far as getting in through the door and saying, did you know an angel showed up and an angel said, I'm going to become pregnant with the Holy Spirit and you're the the litmus test because if you're pregnant, ah, you are, then I'm going to be... I, I don't think she's even got that far. I think there's a whole mother's, women's intuition thing that I know nothing about going on. <laughs> Maybe it's the body language. Maybe, I don't know. But the really interesting line is that Elizabeth identifies the baby that Mary is already starting to carry, but there is no evidence for it yet, as my Lord. Elizabeth has been praying. Elizabeth has been hearing from God. Elizabeth has taken the things that her husband has said and they've come to be because she's pregnant. And now she's taken all those other things that she's been hearing and praying and she sees Mary, the baby that Mary's carrying, Jesus. And she refers to Jesus, who's not even born, as my Lord. She's taken what she heard. She's trusting and she's stepping into it and I think prophetically is speaking out the truth. Because she does so in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Mary stays there for three months. Why does she stay there for three months? I mean, she's left in a hurry to go and see the evidence, and uh, she sees the evidence. She stays there for three months. She's there for three months because she can't go to Boots and go and get a little test. I'm sorry, let's be practical. That's why she's there. She's there so that she knows that she's missed enough cycles. She's there so that she knows that at that point that this little baby is growing inside her. Because at 12 weeks, you can see the bump. A little bump. Just a t- And the other thing that actually, you know, even if you can't see the bump, you know the other thing that happens, don't you? Sorry, this is not in the Bible. This is just Mark. So just delete all of this bit. The other thing that happens, okay, the moment a woman finds out that she's pregnant, okay, is the, the the whole posture just changes, doesn't it? You know, it only has to be about half an hour pregnant. It's like, oh no, I couldn't lift that. Sorry, you're all, all the women in the building are allowed to slap me on the way out. As long as you know that you've already forgiven me, because you did that on week one. 
And just to be clear, that bit's not in the Bible, that's just a random thought. (laughs) So Mary's been there for three months. She's absolutely sure she's pregnant. Maybe the little baby bump has started to show. But she's got to go and break the news to Joseph. And on the way back, you know how it goes, you're recounting the conversation. Is this going to be good news? Is this going to be bad news? Are you gonna, are you gonna go with the story or not? Are you gonna, you know, how, how on earth do you help Joseph to catch up with this story? And she comes back in and she sees Joseph and she shares the news. And by this time Joseph can see the evidence, even if it's just a tiny little bump. And Joseph's response isn't good. We know this because he's awake. And whether he says it to her or not, he thinks it. He thinks, I'll just, I'll just divorce her quietly. You know, although they're only engaged, this will be, this will be devastating. This will change everything. And that set of thoughts enters his head. Even though he hears the story from Mary, he can see the evidence in front of him. And there must be a bit of him that at that point is, well, I don't buy it because I don't know any other way for someone to become pregnant. And he goes and he sleeps on it. And the, angel, the angelic experience that he has is different from, uh, from the other two. What happens is for Joseph, an angel appears in his dream. And Joseph hears the story. Hears it first hand. The child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus. The Hebrew version, Joshua. The Lord saves. You're to name this child, the Lord saves. And this child is going to be called Emmanuel. God with us. And suddenly, in Joseph's dream, everything starts getting put together, but not the whole picture, because there's so much more, and it'll take them another 33 years to get their heads around it. He woke up, and he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded. And at that point, they moved from being engaged to being married. Joseph hears, but he still has to take a step, just like Zechariah, just like Elizabeth, just like Mary. He has to take a step and go, Lord, I choose to trust you. I choose to take the next step with you. I'm going to do what you told me to do. And he gives, she gives birth to a son. And he is given the name Jesus. I love the way that the Gospels, you know, spend different amounts of time on different things. 
You know, the whole birth just gets, in Matthew, just gets one, one verse. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Just one line. For the birth of the King of Kings. Zechariah had to go home and break the news to his wife that it was date night and they were going to try one more time because the angel had said so. Mary ran away in a hurry to go and see Elizabeth to see if what the angel had said was really true. She discovered it was and then had to hurry back to Joseph and break the news to him. Elizabeth, full of the Holy Spirit, identifies the baby that Mary is carrying as her Lord. Joseph, having met an angel in a dream, chooses not to take the normal the accepted, the right by the law kind of action and instead becomes adopted dad to the king of kings because he was willing to take that step. And so my question to you this morning is really simple. You know that you need to trust him. You know, you know that he's come as a baby at Christmas. You know that he became a man and died on a cross to pay for the sin of the whole world. You know, if you've been in this place for 10, 20, 30 years, you can't have not heard that. And if, and, and if, and if you're visiting and, you, and this is news, this is a good day for you. But you know, hearing it is one thing. Walking in it is another. And so my invitation is simple. What's the next step for you? What's the next step so that you know that God is with you in your workplace? So that you actually are fully alive with the power of the Holy Spirit when you're doing um, actuary, oh, I can't even say it, and being an actuary, you know, or being a nurse, or caring for a student. What's the next step so that you know that God is with you in that place? What's the next step so that you know that in your retirement, that God is with you. What's the next step so that at, at home this Christmas and you put up a few decorations that it stops being just about that stuff and becomes about allowing the King of Kings into your home and into your heart. Maybe you go home and you, and you get one candle 
and you put it on your kitchen table or the sideboard or, or somewhere. And each evening, you light it. And you say, Jesus, you're welcome in this home. What's the one step for you? See, you can read as much theology as you like. You can have been a Christian for as long as you like. You can have a head full of Greek and Hebrew. You can be ordained. But the choice is always the same for every single one of us. You've heard it. What are you going to do? What's the next step so that you walk into fullness of life with Him?